Kravitz. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 278 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining us tonight as we are me discussing the huge big day in Oceanport, New Jersey. It's on the shore. It is the Haskell Stakes and Supporting Card. Biggest day of the year at Monmouth Park. Very excited that you're joining us and that we're going to be very happy to talk about the late pick five and supporting stake races. Please make sure you subscribe right there on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. And after you do that, hit that notification bell uh, so that you know when new content will rise. And smash, just like Steven said in the chat, smash that like button. That will send the YouTube algorithm right here to the HHH Racing Podcast. Uh, you can see my Twitter handle, at hkravitz. And scrolling on the bottom of the screen is my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Also scrolling on the bottom of the screen, are our upcoming shows tomorrow, Friday through Sunday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Note the time right there at the bottom of the screen. It's coming up right there, right there on the bottom of the screen. Note the minor time change. We are backing or pushing forward the start time to 10.30 Eastern Standard Timing. And Saratoga today will always begin at 10.30 Eastern until about 11, 11.15 at the very latest. We're doing that so that we can uh, have scratches, look like scratches come out around 10.30 Eastern, and we'd like to have scratches to help you out for the show. That's the only reason why we're pushing it back a little bit. So, again, we're actually pushing it forward. So, Saratoga today will start at 10.30 Eastern every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning right here on the channel. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Our listens have gone way up. Thank you for those of you that are listening right now as we speak on our listening platforms. You can subscribe to our regular Power Picks. Now, this is important. Uh, Delmar starts tomorrow, Friday, and almost every Saturday, we are going to be covering Delmar in our Power Picks. If you're a West Coast player or you're someone who really wants Delmar information, subscribe to those Power Picks. Look below the video player. They come out every Saturday, our regular Power Picks, and we're going to be uh, having information on Del Mar literally every Saturday of the meet. We also have Saratoga-only power picks. Now, the deadline to subscribe for our full meet power picks is tonight at midnight. Again, Thursday midnight, the last time you can subscribe for our full meet uh, Saratoga power picks. And when I say full meet, we're talking weekends. However, any weekend you can buy an individual package just for the upcoming weekend on Monday through Thursday. So if you're interested in this weekend's Saratoga-only power picks you have until tonight, midnight Thursday, to purchase those power picks. And that tip sheet is available on our website. Again, look below the video player for information or go to our website for the Saratoga-only power picks. And I do want to show everyone very quickly, let me bring on this screen uh, right now, because there's some people who asked me, where are the Saratoga power picks? I just want to show everyone very quickly here. If you go to our homepage, of course, this is our website, uh, or excuse me, this is our home YouTube page. If you go to our home YouTube page, you can scroll down and there are different sections. You can see our flagship show. 
there's bed and booze. And then the third section down is where all of our Saratoga Today shows are. So if you miss it live and you want to watch it before the races, during the races, after the races, there they are. You just scroll down our main page of our YouTube channel and uh, you can find them uh, right there on our YouTube channel. All right. I believe that takes care of everything we need to. Of course, we have a great website, hhhracingpodcast.com as well. Uh, tonight, there's no Jim Miller. If you pay attention to our shows, Jim Miller was on Betting and Boozing last night as he had a uh, conflict this evening. So let me bring on my co-host and only one co-host because I believe Pete Visco is uh, gallivanting somewhere across the uh, uh, the Caribbean, I believe, or somewhere. But I'm very happy to have on from the Saratoga Special and the wonderful Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. Paul, how are we doing tonight? Well, Howard, we can do it ourselves, can't we? We sure can, I think. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But <laughs> we'll uh, find out. I, I like your tag there, 12 Days of the Whitney. I know the Whitney got a little love on the Fox show today. I think, uh, I can't remember who someone said uh, that the, the biggest race of the year, perhaps, at Saratoga, even bigger than the Travers, might be uh, Cody's wish uh, for the Haskell, or excuse me, for the Haskell, for the um, uh, for the Whitney. Sorry, it's going to be a great race. We don't know who's going, but we can take some guesses. Uh, Cody's Cody's wish, getting a lot of love out there. Yeah, he's working great. You know, Mr. Mott is not prone to uh, hyperbole, and his comment after last Saturday's work was he was moving like a machine. A so, tremendous on, machine, or just uh, a machine? not not a tremendous machine. That's that's okay. reserved for. But uh, yeah, I suspect he'll have his last. Uh, you know quote-unquote serious work this weekend and maybe more of a maintenance work. Uh, but it looks like, uh, you know, the spacing of the races uh, is working out well. And, uh, you know, as Andy brought up some good points, you mentioned the show today. You know, two-turn race at Saratoga is a different animal than a one-turn race at Churchill or Belmont. Yeah. You know, we get it. Um, you know, I, I'm comforted in the fact that, you know, that was my question going into the dirt mile. And certainly I would rather be as a, as a real closer, I would much rather be in a two-turn race at Saratoga than Keeneland because yes. Keeneland, and you know, he, he managed to do it in the, uh, in, in the dirt mile. So yeah, I am uh, really looking forward to it. I'm uh, looking forward to the whole week, obviously, and getting up there, but uh, that, that, that it's going to be special regardless of what happens. You know, I'm just, I, I you know, obviously want him to win, but you know, I really hope that he runs well enough so that it, makes the decision for them what to do next. Yes. So we'll see. One at a time. We take them one at a time. One at a time. I think we'd all like to see them in the classic. I'll be curious to see how many horses he scares away. I don't know if it's going to be a big field. We'll be very interesting to see uh, that, Paul. But we've got some people in the chat here. How oh, excuse me, the classic, which will be the third to last race on the program. You saw that yesterday, right? Can we just stay positive tonight, Paul, with horse racing? <laughs> Can we just stay positive? Why, well, but by the way, it's only because it's on the West Coast. If we're on the East Coast, there'd be no problem getting out by the 7 o'clock window. So and it's on the West some, Coast. And then one of the beautiful horse racing Twitter uh, sent me a message saying, wait a minute, the Kentucky Derby is not the last race. But it's not the, it's not the same. Yeah, they run like an allowance situation. after it. <laughs> yeah. I know, but well, it's not I would, it, it changes. It, it's interesting for contest strategy, isn't it? That is true. Uh, Keith Borgra, good evening. He's a big Mage fan. We'll see if we're either one of us is picking uh, 
Mage Stud. We got, of course, Michael Austin is here. I'm still on the ride. That's from uh, for Jim. We're talking to Jim. Uh, let's see uh, who else we got. Vale Place. We got Simon O'Neill. Man, Simon is the most dedicated overseas viewer we have on this show. Simon, what's up? Hope you're enjoying the Open. If out there, if you're a golf fan, Simon, I watched all the Open uh, today. Looked like uh, uh, Ricky Fowler had a little issue on 18. Went out of bounds twice, ball and shot an oh eight, boy. I believe, an eight on a eight snowman. Down. We call that a snowman. That is correct. Uh, let's see. We got oh, look who's here. Of course, Paul. Christy Howdy. Howdy, handicappers. Let's get the rest of this uh, meet home big. That would be nice. And, uh, yeah, anyway, got a, the usual wonderful people listening. Please make sure you comment in the chat. Um, let's just get right to it, Paul. We got we got the Haskell. Um, it's not a prep. Uh, I don't know if you heard the Matt Bernier show, by the way. Took our – Took a little debate that you and I were having about whether it's a prep and turned it into a whole damn show. So thank you. Shout out to Matt Bernier yeah. on the In the Money Media for uh, hearing our comments. And he gave us a shout out too, which was very nice. And uh, so he talked about how poorly actually horses coming out of the Haskell have done in the Travers. So Travers. that's an interesting conversation as well. But the Haskell's a $1 million grade one, has a real nice supporting card. Not as many turf races as they usually have, I noticed. Um, sometimes they have more turf stakes. They don't have as many turf stakes for whatever reason uh, on Saturday at Monmouth. Let's go ahead and jump right in as I go ahead to things set here. We're going to talk very quickly, Paul, about race eight and nine. Very quick. You looked at those, correct? I'm assuming. I did very quickly. Very quick. Let's keeping with quick. the theme. Real quickly, we'll talk about race eight and nine. These are the two two of the supporting stakes before the. Uh, pick five. We're not going to put our late pick five. We're not going to put our uh, picks on the bottom of the screen. Let's just talk a little bit. Race eight, as I make this a little bit. Oh, we're good. We're big enough. Race eight is the Monmouth Cup. It, again, this is outside of the pick five. The pick five starts in race 10, everyone. It's a grade three. It's on the uh, dirt, mile and eighth, older horses. We see some familiar faces. Uh, actually, it's the first time we're seeing some odds. Proxy three to five. Wow. For Cinnamon Rosario. Is it that simple, Paul? No, but I just, you know, funny, I was looking at it uh, right before we came on, Howard, and I spent whatever the few minutes I had looking for the alternative. I didn't think it'd be three to five. Boy, I'll tell you, I I hate the race um, because I don't want any part of him at three to five. You know, it's, he's absolutely not the profile you want for Monmouth, right? He's a stone-cold closer on a track that's uh, made for speed. And, you know, with Rosario on him, you know, you know, I just – I can only – I would only hope if I were betting him that they just watched that clock replay when there was very little other speed in the race and he was on the rail – and they said, okay, we might as well go with them. And, you know, he, he wins the grade one Clark. Uh, if, if he's at the back of the pack in this race, it's absolutely rider malpractice. Well, I th- <laughs> we don't need to talk about this race long. I have a very, very hard time believing Rosario is not going to be aggressive out of the gate. I think he's going to get this horse in a good spot. I think this is a stone-cold single. I hear what you're saying. The problem is the rest of his competition is so mad. It's oh. like I don't, I don't really like Some the alt- I don't really like I, the alternatives. I think the three is a bit interesting. Calibrate. That's who I have in second. 
Uh, but it looks like yeah. he's probably better going longer. But maybe he's woken up and Silvera is an underrated jockey and it's Jamie Ness. You know they're going to try. But he's there's really very little speed in this race. So, you know, I, I think it's pretty much 6-3. I don't really see much other, many other options here. I just I think Proxy's just too classy for this field. Yeah, when I was looking for the alternative, Howard, as I'm sure when you looked at the race, you you know, I'm looking, okay, who can just – steal this race on the lead. The Archie Brad. I'm ha- <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you know something? Who knows? Uh, my my know. point is, my point is, I can't determine who is going to lead, which means it's hard to determine who's going to steal it on the lead. You know? Right. Um, I'm glad it's, I'm really glad it's not in the sequence. That's, yes, that's a good decision. It's not in the, it's not in the pick five. And if you're, so is is there a pick six? No, there is no pick six. So it's it's not it, it it is not in that late pick five sequence, which is a great decision. I mean, I like Proxy Howard. I liked him a lot in the last race, and you know he ran horrifically. The only thing we would say, and we've talked about this on the show, you know, coming behind on that Ellis track was virtually impossible to come from yeah. that far behind. But I'll tell you, he didn't. He lift lifted no hooves in that race. No. So, uh, Mark, we'll see. Mark, Mark Stahl finally uh, get to watch a, sh- a live show. All right, Mark. Mark, welcome to the show, man. We want you very active in the chat. Thanks for watching. We got Richard Avalar here. Good evening, folks. Big races coming up sooner than later. Absolutely for sure. Uh, I think, let's see, Gary, uh, Gary uh, Caloroso, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced. Uh, proxy single. Yeah, I, I think it's single and move on. I, I would not get... Uh, too cute. Let, let's go to the next race. Again, this is outside of the late pick five, ladies and gentlemen, which is why we're going very quickly. Now, I know what you enjoy talking about the weather, Paul, but let's put ourselves oh, yeah. on screen for a second. Um, the forecast I've seen for the Northeast tomorrow is bad. Like uh, Saratoga, New York, New Jersey, they also like say like thunderstorms all day long. There's flood watch up in Saratoga Springs. So it, it, it looks as though there's going to be a lot of <laughs> I know. What are you going to do? It looks like there's going to be a lot of rain tomorrow. And the only reason I bring that to attention is because the race at Monmouth, I don't think the stake turf races will be off the turf Saturday. The, the weather's going to be fine Saturday, by the way. I don't think they're going to take uh, stake races off the turf. But if you're playing Monmouth Saturday, I'm, sure, I'm assuming you are if you're watching the show, pay attention to how much rain they get out uh, at in Oceanport tomorrow friday because that could absolutely affect how wet the turf course is on saturday and one of these turf races that they have for a schedule for a stake is the wolf hill it's five and a half on that it's a little bit it's a slight bend actually for older male it's a nice field right now it's a field of 10 there's an also eligible if they take it off synthesis for jacobson got more line favorite number seven nothing better who is fast 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 for duarte and saez who'd you like here paul well, Howard, I look at this race as the exact opposite of the last race, dirt route with absolutely no speed. This is a turf sprint that I believe is loaded with speed. Loaded. I'm looking just in no particular order, so I'll go chronological. The two has speed. The three is is forward. Um, the six has speed. The seven has really good speed. The eight goes to the lead virtually every time. The nine has a ton of speed. The 10 has speed, which means this is the race I do want Rosario with his patented back of the pack 
turf sprint closing gets them all. So I'm going to go with the 10 to one shot. Number one, Eamon. Eamon, or could be Amon. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Could be. Uh, Joe Orsino, uh, when you close and win going five furlongs at Gulfstream, that's pretty yeah. impressive, Paul. However, <laughs> however, they did go sub at 21 for 24. <laughs> and then 44 and change. I know it's Gulfstream, but that's still pretty damn fast. You have an interesting idea there. I, I, I thought the one was a bit interesting. I'm going to be a little bit contrarian because, as you mentioned, there is a ton of speed in this race. Um, but sometimes it just doesn't develop. And whether it develops or not, Paul, this nothing better is not only fast, but he's classy. I mean, he's really yep. classy. He's faced some really nice horses. You see, uh, what, Car- Caravel, uh, Beer Can Man, uh, you know, he's just, he's faced the best horses in this field. I have no idea if he can rate. I, maybe he won't need to rate. I'm just, this is just more of a class angle for me here, Paul. I think nothing better. Again, I don't know if he can handle the turf either. There's a lot of question marks here. Can he ward off a lot of speed? Can he handle the turf? You know he's going to go. I still prefer speed, even though if there's a lot of speed in a five for a long service sprint. So I'm going nothing better. Um, I also thought, sorry, the number two, Midday Image, was interesting. Yeah. Now, Midday Image was scratched Great. out of the uh, out of the grade three. I also, was it the poker last week? No, not the poker. It was the... Uh, Kelso. The Kelso, thank you. The grade three Kelso, uh, which was smart last weekend. I don't love his last effort, but I think this horse wants to be, go shorter. I don't think six furlongs is really what this horse wants. I think he's actually a little better shorter. And there's a lot of speed in here, and I think he can just sit off it. Um, so, I don't know. I think midday image is a bit interesting uh, in here also. And the other horse I thought was interesting real quick was the nine. Let me go to the nine. I can't remember the name here. Yeah, four harp. Now, four harp is coming out of a race that I know well, Paul, because that was a race um, that someone in third place was in here. Third place. Oh, actually, not in third. Sorry. Hold on. Let me show you who we're talking about here. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was in the race. Smoking Jay. There you go. Smoking oh, Jay. Yeah. I saw so that. Four Harp is yeah. coming out of it. And Midday Image was also in that race, by the way. Um, Four Harp was really good. And that turf, it says good. It was more soft. So it's Paco. It's an outside post. He can break and see. I don't think he would have the lead in this race at all, Paul. But I like the direction that Four Harp is going. I know he handles a wetter turf course. And I do like a little bit of an outside post here because they can break and see what's going on. So that, that good designation was ridiculous. It was more like soft and smoking and Jaden handle it real well at all. Anyway, that's my feeling on this race. You're going one. Who else would you use ball real quick? Um, the other, I, I would use the two. I would use the five. I would use the seven. Okay. So Paul would use one, two, five, seven. I would use some iteration of one, two, seven, nine. Uh, it's an interesting race and I'm assuming it's going to stay on the turf unless they really get a, I'm an absolute yeah, I just looked how thunderstorms tomorrow, uh, but it, the forecast for tomorrow night is cloudy. So if it stops by tomorrow afternoon, yeah, you know, I would think they'd be okay. At least a run on it. I, you know, I don't. I'm I'm more concerned with them coming off. You know, you get a situation like we had at Saratoga last weekend where we're trying to handicap on the turf, off the turf. This one's on. That one's off. This one's coming. You know, it just gives you a headache. 
before we get into the pick five, let's let's add, let's answer a question from Mark Stahl. Now that he, now that Mark's on live, um, how much you change handicapping weather is bad? Now, Paul, obviously, if stuff comes off the turf, it changes yeah. your handicapping greatly. But how much? Let's say things stay together on the turf, but it goes from firm. For example, it was beautiful the last two days in Saratoga. Now maybe Saturday they'll be on the turf. It'll be you know much less than firm. How much do you think a different turf course and a, I suppose slop affects your handicapping in general? Well, yeah, you you said it. I, I think you have to treat it like dirt races that are run on uh, wet tracks. But as you know, you know wet, fast, or good is a lot different from sloppy, which is different from muddy. So with the turf races, all you can really do is it, you you just have to see if the horse. You, you know, you got to have the lifetime PPs. See if the horses run on any track that the designation looks like it is today, but. You know, if it stays on, the, the one X factor would be, and, you know, we're not going to see it here, would see it more with turf roots in, in New York or maybe California. You know, if there's a Euro in, you know, most of the Euros uh, can handle it. There are some, though, you got to be careful. There are some that the reason they send them to America is they know they want, you know, firm footing, you know. And, and they've done well, you know, remember they – in the beginning of the Breeders' Cup, you know, they, they, they wanted no part of Santa Anita because they knew the turf was going to be firm all the time, and they were coming out of Europe where it's virtually never firm. But that's certainly changed over the years. So I, I wouldn't get overly caught up in it if it stays on. Obviously, if it, if it comes off, now you gotta you just got to start over again. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very well put. Paul, let's get to late pick five. I thought this was, in general – a pretty challenging sequence and I'm always looking to try to beat favorites in general. And I'm going to be doing that again in this pick five. I am not sold on some of the favorites that we're going to see here. And the nice thing, Paul, as you're about to see, I will just give you a little uh, preview here. Four of the five races, we have a different top pick, which is great. Good. I think for the viewers, because they can get an opinion and decide and look and say, Paul is the smart one. I knew that. I knew that all along. This just confirms it. So here we go, Paul. Let's get into the late pick five on Saturday. Haskell Day. It starts in race 10. It's the Molly Pitcher Stakes. Grade three. It starts about 438 Eastern time again. The weather's supposed to be great on Saturday. I'm guessing the dirt is going to be fast. I'm guessing the turf will be a little on the softer side if I had to guess. Uh, this is on dirt. It's for the older girls. Mile 16th. It's a field of eight. Headlined by a horse that broke my heart last time. The number four search results for Chad and Rosario. He's got two in the race. Let me go and bring up our banners here so everyone could see our picks starting in race 10. And there it is right there. Paul is going with the number four search results who has run some huge races including last time just getting beat by the monster Clarier. Paul? Yeah, I, I was just going to say how it – I think you would be hard-pressed to find a horse in training right now who has run better so many times in defeat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who has run so many good races in defeat. And, you know, some might say, well, yeah, but she loses. But, boy, I'll tell you, she ran really well in that race last time. And you, you – you called it Clarier. I would call her Monstress, not a monster, but um, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you know, the race before she's right there with, you know, that one you might look at and say, mm, you know, secret oath might be heading the other way just a tad. And 
Um, but I, I don't know. I, and and most importantly, she came down here and won this race last year, so the the track is not an issue. This is the race we saw her in person this last, is the time, last where... time. Yeah, I I played search results very big, I, I, an unusually large win bet for me on search results. I thought I was a winner, and Clary just ran her down. There's really not much to say. Is this a case? I mean, search results is runs well often, Paul, but does not win often. Are you prepared to say she just faces too many mm-hmm. monstrouses like Clarier, or maybe she's just not the winning type? Well, I mean, how many horses? She, she wins at, you know, 40-something percent of the time. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Six for 14 is pretty good. <laughs> yes, you know, the- not as much recently, though. No, no, or, she um, year, really. she has not. She has not won this year, which is a, is is a good. I mean, you know, Chad made one uh, good decision. I would sending her down to this race and not into the Shuvi at uh, Saratoga on Sunday because the, then you're going to deal with Claria and Nest. What a race that's yes. going to be! But oh, that's going to be. Yeah, fun. look at I fully understand the the desire to beat uh, her as a favorite. I, I get it. Uh, although weren't we surprised she was as low as two to one last time? I think you you were looking for a little more than that. Yeah, that I was field, looking for a little more than that. And what's great about this race, Paul? If you look at the bottom of the screen, we have our top three picks are completely different. We've got we've we've got six horses in this field. I don't even have search results in the in the top three. And people are like, Howard, what are you talking about? Well, let me explain a little bit, Paul. Um, you I have a third. You have a third. I have a third. Sorry, I have a third. My bad. I, I love this horse in general, okay? But that's the great thing about horse racing. Sometimes you love a horse, and then the next time that horse runs, you hate that horse, right? Every every race tells its own story. And here's the thing. She's she's better close to the pace. I think there's a decent amount of pace in this race. Let me talk about my top choice. Le Davida last time, which was a power pick play, by the way, for people that are not familiar with our power pick tip sheet. I tipped this horse out. I was hoping a little more than five to two. This horse always had talent, in my opinion, Paul, but she was on the wrong lead often. She was too far back. She was a bit goofy. She started to put it together, and I don't usually like to go with a horse that just won last time, and, and this race is much more difficult, but she it has a nice close. There's enough speed in this race. She's going to get a nice trip. She's got some really good works. I just think she's rounding the form, Paul. And I'm going to get a little bit of a price again. I'm going with Le Davida here to upset the field. Now, the, my my little, my crazy wacko horse here, and she's 9-2, to two, so maybe it's not that crazy. Distinctly possible. Um, Paul, have we heard this before? The other Chad. I know usually <laughs> that's on, I know that's usually on turf. But as I've said on the show many times, and Paul, you – and myself and Pete, we've talked about this. You're playing the stock market, ladies and gentlemen. You're trying to figure out who's going to run the best race on the day. This horse just keeps getting better and better, Paul. And if she can take another step forward, I think she's going to get a nice trip. She's working well at Monmouth, by the way, and she won last time at Monmouth. Why can't this horse go from a 94 to a 96, 7, 8 and upset this field? I don't see any reason why she can't. She's got Saez. Maybe this is just the improving Philly that you want, and you're and you you know to try to beat search results. Search results, obviously, the horse to beat. That's my hot take, Paul. I'll let you quickly talk about the six and eight, and I'll move on. Yeah, no, I I hear you, and you know the the other Chad theory is good, and you know uh, Steve Beck talked a few times this week about 
you know, looking for the other Chad when there's a reason why that one needs to win, i.e. to get a, uh, a, in the case of White Beam last week, to get a grade one win. In the case of this horse, to get a graded stakes win. You know, look at Chad Brown ran this horse in the Alcibiades in her second career start. So that uh, that's all you need to know what he thinks of her. Coming off a loss in a maiden race uh, at Saratoga on, yeah. I believe that was the day after the Travers, uh, yeah. to Jerry Manda, who just ran. So look at I, I get you. I, I, I also agree that the five is very playable. Uh, I picked the six uh, kind of on the same uh, – you know, on the come, as we say in craps, um, you know, probably not going to be able to wire this field. But, you know, the buyers have gone up every race. And if they go up again to, you know, they go up to 98 to 100, could yeah. be right in the picture. So uh, it, this is a this is a good race. And honestly, and I picked search results. But if if you play in the race as an individual race, you're supposed this is the type of horse you're supposed to try to beat. Paul loved his one or last three by 27 and a half. Now, if you want to say, well, she isn't facing much, I don't care. You're winning the last three races by 27 and a half. And Brendan Walsh and Godolphin, these are smart people, Paul, as you well know. They're not going to put loved in this race just to set the pace for someone else or to like maybe just show up and get lucky. They're here to win. And Tyler is sending. So Tyler's I just. Hot. And he's you know, hot all of a sudden. It's got his, her work cut out for her at like seven to five, Paul. I just think she's a bet against for better or for worse on Saturday. Anything real quick on Shotgun Hottie, then we got to move on, Paul. The eight. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I picked a third. No, it's literally someone to, to hit the board. So okay. we don't have to spend too Very much good. time on it. Right, well, let's move on then to the next race I go ahead and show on the bottom of the screen. There's our ticker there on the bottom of the screen. We're a little more similar here for the next race, race 11. The United Nations, I'm always a big fan of this race. And it goes back to my love for a horse called Precious Passion. Remember, remember Precious Passion, Paul? Oh. A complete freak. Wasn't it P-R-E-S-I-O-U-S, I think, maybe? Wasn't spelled like the word precious? Yeah, maybe? it was spelled a little bit weird. And was also weird is this horse would set crazy fractions and still hold on. This was just a... And a, a mile and a half watch. at that time, Howard. Mile and a half at it was a mile and a half yes. then. Yes. It was just what a great horse. And there's a lot of really uh, wonderful horses that have won the United Nations. It's still a grade one, Paul. Um, it is, what do they got? $600,000. It's a mile and three-eighths on the turf. It's a field of 10. And you got some really talented New York breads here, Paul, which I'm sure makes you proud. Uh, leading that brigade would be the number nine, Red Knight. Maker and Gaffleone, a nine-year-old, she just keeps on trucking. It's just unbelievable. unbelievable. And you see on the bottom of the screen, I don't usually pick Red Knight, but you know what, Paul? I I I I have to pick this horse because first of all, when I don't pick him, he wins. And number two, this horse is so damn honest. I know you've got the three on top, but can we just talk about the nine first, Red Knight? Sure. As I switch as I switch the banner or over to the uh to the picks here. You know what amazed me, Paul? And I know it doesn't mean much in the big scheme of things. This horse is working fantastically for a nine-year-old. I mean, you've seen these works. I mean, I know they're dirt works, and they don't, probably don't mean very much. But as I switch it over here, sorry, my computer's been really wacky lately. I looked at these works. I'm like, 59 breezing? Like, what? On the dirt? And like, 47? This horse is feeling great. I don't know if he prefers, like, 
cooler weather or what it is, but all this horse does, Paul, is run. And I always underestimate this horse. I'm not doing it this time. He's no cinch or anything. He's got it's a wide post and it's not the longest run into the first turn. But you know what? He's as honest as the day is long. He's probably been facing the toughest horses of anyone in this field. Tyler's got to work out a trip, of course. He's the most likely winner. I'm not going to mess around. I'm going with Red Knight here, Paul. Well, you know, Howard, we've talked about this horse on the show many times. And, you know, if you look at the running lines, you'll see the 11-month layoff between August of 21 and July of 22. And, you know, the horse is being retired. I've told the story a few times. And, you know, and then, you know, he's on the farm for 90 days or maybe longer. And um, the, they called the owner, uh, and said, he wants to be a racehorse again. And he switched to maker. I mean, maker is just uncanny with these older turf root horses. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. So yeah, I, I got no wish to, I mean, we think up to the mark is probably the best U S turf horse right now. Yes, right. Not probably. Uh, that, that was, that was a, a good field. Uh, you can look at the comments. This horse was acting up in the gate and was just, you know, was not coming from last place in that race. That So, you know, and, and only missed by four, which is not, you know, I know turf races, they tend to uh, to uh, bunch up. But, yeah, I, I got no issue, Howard, although, I, I you know, I kind of don't want this horse as the favorite, though, either. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? You. you look and, and you know – all of those running lines on the page, not once, I don't think, either fa- is he the favorite. So, I don't know. I, I, I love the horse. I'd love to own him. You know, $1.7 $1. million homebred has picked up probably innumerable uh, New York bread bonuses over the years. But uh, I don't think I want him as the favorite, although, yeah. as you say, as honest, as honest as the day is long. Paul, I will say that he's been involved in some pretty fast paces, and there's not a lot of speed in here, so I'm a little bit afraid that Red Knight is going to be too far back. But, you know, Tyler knows this horse also, and even in slow paces, he always comes with his run. I mean, so I don't necessarily – I think a slow pace would hurt Red Knight. I love your top choice, Paul. I really like Catnip a lot. He's the fresh face. He's a four-year-old. He's improving. I'm going to watch the last race. I'm assuming you watched it. It was weird. It was like a Z pattern. He got shuffled back and then came on again. I know this is a much tougher field, but this is this horse is on the come for Stidham and Rosario, and I think this horse has a chance to be real nice going forward. And his, his I, won't, I don't want to say superstardom, but his rise to greatness in the graded stakes ranks might just start on Saturday, Paul. Well, and, and if you want to look, Howard, this horse is three for three since being gelded was gelded after last season and came back this year and has been building. I think uh, Michael Stidham, I, I don't know it's if I want to say he's here, un- by the way, you can talk about the yes. ball because right here it gets yeah. passed and shuffled back. I was going to say he's in all sorts of traffic and he's got, you're going to see it coming up right about there. He's, he's just waiting. It's, it's really a case of him having to wait more than anything else, but he did go back to, I think he was sixth at one point, Howard. I mean, right here, and, who had uh, Catnip the winner right now? I sure as hell didn't. Not right now. Yeah. Not at this spot. I, 
I I agree. Although you know he did close the two races prior, but he's got a lot of work to do right here. He's got four horses to pass. You could tell Rosario is not sure whether he's going to try to stay in the middle or just get to the outside. And finally, he just said, "Screw it, I'm I'm going uh, I'm going the Overland route," and he gets by pretty easily. So, yeah, that's a really good race. Uh, there's there's just no. And I, I started to talk about Stidham. Stidham is really good. Um, you know, he, he might not be the household name. He's more a mid-Atlantic guy. He, he's, he's in the Godolphin rotation. Godolphin uses him. They're not afraid to give him a really good horse. So don't be, you know, don't be at all worry about Mike Stidham. He is really good. And you, I, I agree, Howard. The reason I picked him, to your point, is he just might be getting really good. Well, before he was a Mid-Atlantic guy, he was an Arlington guy. So I know Mike Sidham. You know him, well. sure. And, Paul, you and I have been watching races for decades. I love the stride on this horse. He's got a big-ass stride. He's by Kitten's Joy, so if the, weather, if the turf comes up a little soft, that should not be an issue whatsoever. There's two questions. Does he class up, and can he handle the extra distance? He's never been beyond a mile and eighth. So this is – I would not take a low price. He's got to be at least four to one on the morning line for me to bet him to win. But I think he's really interesting. And the last horse, real quick, I I looked at the horse real carefully. I actually watched his last two runs in San Anita live, Planetario. There's two things I don't like about this horse, Paul, and he can win. I've never seen Mike Smith as like a mile and three-eighths turf jockey, number one. Number two, the distance races out in California are just bad. So although his numbers absolutely fit, there's no one in the right mind that could tell me Planetario has been facing the same company as a Red Knight. I mean, to me, it's not even close. That being said, maybe he's just on the come also, and he's, you know, and the distance is not a problem. I'm just, I'm against the six a little bit, but he can win. Yeah, I agree with you, and especially when it comes to the price. Um, is he going to be lower than, is he going to be three to one or lower, though? I mean, I boy, think I'll so. tell you. You yeah, think, I think so? so? Yeah, yeah I, I, I would. Mandela. Yeah, I have a basic, uh, I have a basic rule on turf races. Howard, I want to play horses that are going west, not west to east. I know that's probably yep. an over no, oversimplification, but it it works out very well when they're going west. Who was that guy? Horace Horace Greeley was that his name? I believe Go so. West. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Simon uh, O'Neill is going to be purring if Cat. Oh, all uh, right, Simon, I'm with you. Yeah, I'd like, I I I think this I think this Huss has a pretty good chance, and boy, I'd like to see him be closer than I'd like to see him run the race he did last time without without the trouble out, be second, but don't get shuffled back to fifth. That's all yeah. I want. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to go very deep in that race, and usually I like to go deep in those kind of races, but I don't know. I don't think you have to go very deep there. Let's move on, Paul. Let's go on to the next race here, race twelve. Uh, here it is. It's the big one. It's the one million dollar grade one mile and eighth Haskell. It's a fantastic race every year. It absolutely will have an effect on year end honors for the three-year-olds. I thought in general, Paul, this is a very good field. Obviously the Travers is going to be the best field uh, perhaps of the year for three-year-olds, but this is a very good field. And I found this race quite confounding to be very honest with you. Usually I have very strong opinions in this race. 
I don't know. I thought this was a very tough race. I thought many can win. You see Paul's going 3-8-5. I'm going 7-8-5. Let me go ahead and bring up the field right we now. We got the same. Howard, you and I, we have the same idea. We just came up with a different horse on top. I would agree with you. Let's look at the field for the grade one Haskell. It's a field of eight. The Moorline favorite is on the outside. And what a serious talent this is. But off a big layoff, the number eight Arabian Knight for Johnny Velasquez and Bob Baffert. And before we get to the uh, PPs, Paul, I got a little surprise for you. I want to show you something here. Uh, I got a little test of your horse racing knowledge. Are you ready? Okay. What horse am I showing on the screen right now? Who is that? Uh, I would say based Take your on guesses the at home, everyone. Arabian, it's got to be it's got to be Arabian Night from the Breeders' Cup from the Maiden Race on Breeders' Cup Day, right? Anyone other guesses at home? What horse is that at Keeneland? Do 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 do. Yeah, it's right, got to be the time. Maiden Race. That is race one of Breeders' Cup Saturday. That was Arabian Night. Yes, I, <laughs> we right there in the paddock. This horse looked as good as you see in the picture. He looked unbelievable. Over $2 million. This was before his debut. And wow, Paul, did he run lights out in his debut, obviously. But yeah, that was Arabian Night. And it's sort of a shame. He had a little bit of an issue. They decided to give him some rest. And now he's here in the Haskell working unbelievably. As I bring up the PPs, you are not going with Arabian Night. And neither am I. You're going to go with the number three, which I'm waiting for it to switch over on the screen. So give me a second here. But you're going to go with the number three, Salute the Stars. I like this horse last time. This was another power pick play, if you recall, that upset the field. This was one of our real nice power pick plays for us on our tip sheet. I looked at this horse real carefully. Paul, I want to steal your thunder. You're going with Salute the Stars, 8-1 to one morning line for your favorite jockey, Joel Rosario. What do you like about Salute the Stars, Paul? Well, and look at I get it. It's a listed stakes last time, and he's going to a grade one. But you want to show that race? This horse ran an absolute monster last night. And among the horses he went by, Kings Barnes, who is a is a real horse who who took some action in the Derby. Um, but just just this, I oh, thought this horse ran huge last time. Things. Watch how ranked the, this horse is for the first half mile. Okay. Didn't break well, first of all. Didn't break horribly. Didn't break, okay, and just just watch his head and, and watch the job that Rosario hey. has to do. I don't like it. I don't like it, Jackie. I'm not happy, Jackie. Yeah. Well, I think he, you know, I, I think he he just wanted to go. And um and he still it, it doesn't end. You know, he, he's still if you once they turn on the backstretch, yep. he's he's kind of still acting up here. And and you know, to, to come back and win. Um, after that, you, you, in other words, he's expending a lot of energy, a lot of extra energy that now he's kind of got him into a rhythm on the far turn, but yeah. he's still going to make up five lengths. And again, Kings bonds is one to two. You know, if you've got Kings bonds here, you're kind of going to the window. Aren't you? Uh, you are, I, you know, he was, I was against Kings bar in this race. I just didn't like the layoff. We talked about this. Yeah, race. but right and here, you weren't against him. No. <laughs> Definitely not, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't like Salute the Stars, you know, uh, during the race for all the reasons you said. And right about, right about, I would say about right here, Paul, I'm like, 
this horse is starting to pick up some momentum. He's got a giant stride, and I know Kings Barnes didn't run his race. This is damn impressive. I don't care who he's beating. Yeah, and, and in fairness, I mean, Kings Barnes, it took Kings Barnes a while to dispatch the horse on the rail. Yeah. Uh, who was – was that how great is Nate maybe, yeah, Howard, so. or did he yeah. finish fourth? Uh, you know, and again, look at that's a $150,000 listed stake. This is a grade one. But you know what? The number came back at a 93. You know, what's what's going to win this race? Now, look at Baffert's horse could just be a monster and run a 106. I get it. You know, I, I, was, I was almost picking the eight on top. Um, I don't know. Baffert, he doesn't sound – I mean, he's obviously saying the right things. I, I'm probably overthinking it. He doesn't sound as confident as he usually does. Having said that, he has dominated this race over the years. The one reason, Howard, I think you can get this horse is I think this horse is going to have to work to get to the lead. I don't think that, that Johnny V is going to be able to just walk to the lead in this race. Uh, Here's I think my little negative. With your horse is forward, right? Extra Anejo. That horse is going to be forward, right? Here was my negative with Arabian Knight. And you're right, Paul. We could look really stupid. He could win. We're, we're not saying he can't win this race. Uh, he was really good at Keeland, but he didn't really beat. That was sort of a weak field because I looked up and down the field really carefully. Determinedly, he's a nice horse. The rest of these horses, no bueno. In fact, if you look at the buyers, let me look at the buyers here. Okay, determinedly, okay. 70, 50, 60, 50. This was a weak field. Now, he did it as well as he could. I know right now Pete Visco's ready to chime in somewhere uh, in the Caribbean saying, Howard, doesn't matter who he beat. Okay, I get it, Pete. But then the, the Oakland race, I don't know. I know your buddy Red Route 1's in there, but how good is Red Route 1? Sun Thunder. Well, and Red Route 1 is coming from 10 miles behind. I mean, Frosted Departure. I mean, I don't know. Who is who is he really beat? This is a massive class test for Arabian Knight. Now, maybe he's just the goods, like we said, but I don't know. It's a long layoff. Uh, he's got the outside post. And let's talk about the let's talk about the pace complexion here. What is Go Rocket Ride gonna do? Now, I think Mandela Paul would have preferred to have this horse rate, but now because he's got the rail. I don't think he has a choice. He has to go. And Mike Smith is not a rate kind of guy. So Mike Smith has to go from the rail to some extent. And Batista and Austin Strong might be the fly, the fly and the whole damn ointment of this race because I wouldn't be shocked if Austin Strong sounds like a banshee and, and, and has the lead going 22-1 and one in the first quarter and like 45 to the half. He's not going to be anywhere at the end, but he could mess up the eight. So... I don't know, Paul, I'm with you. There's a lot of speed in this race. Maybe Arabian Knight just clears and wins by five and we look stupid. But I sort of agree with you. Um, let me talk about my horse. And I had a tough time picking a horse on top. First of all, sorry to all you Tapatrice fans. I made a, a promise, Paul, if you recall. Uh, last After the Belmont, I said I cannot take Tapatrice on top until he proves that he's matured. And I'm, I'm mad at my word. If Tapatrice wins this race, I will not be knocked out of the pick five. I'm absolutely using him because it looks like it might set up for him. But again, he's just goofy as all hell as of right now, and I can't put him on top. This horse is talented, Paul. Extra in Aho. This is a serious talent. Uh, he has to step up, obviously, on paper. 
I like the fact last time he raided off the pace, and that was a very fast pace. He did not beat much, but he's been working well. He's bred well. He costs $1.35 million. And most importantly, Paul, I think he sits a great trip. And I'm taking more of a harness angle here. For those of you that are harness players, I'll explain what I mean. The six does not have the six has a speed, but not as much speed as the seven. The five has no speed. The four does not have a lot of speed. And I'm not sure how much speed the three has. My vision here, Paul, right or wrong, is that Extra Nejo sits a nice trip just off the speed and gets first runs on the Tapatrices and the Mages. And if Arabian Knight is not a superstar. To me, it's either Akshay Neho or the two closers I mentioned. I don't trust Tapatrice, and I certainly don't trust Mage based on what the connections are saying. And that puts me with Extra Neho. It's not the strongest opinion, Paul, but I don't know where else to go in this race. Well, uh, as I say, I, I think you and I handicapped the race pretty much exactly the same. We, we came up with a horse. We came up with different horses, but on top, we came up with a horse on the improve, big class test. And, but, you know, if we're right, we're going to get paid. Um, I got to tell you, Howard, I, I bet, I bet a Derby future bet on go rocket ride after the maiden race. I've been high on this horse. I got him as a B right now. He could very well end up as an A on my ticket. I think he does get a good trip from there. Smith is ridden and won this race. Smith knows this track. Well, uh, you know, the, the loss to practical move certainly doesn't look like a bad loss. He came back off off the layoff last time in a, you know, just a, a listed stakes and kind of, you know, was supposed to win and he won. He's, I think he's going to be right there. But I suppose at some point we have to talk about the Derby champ, Howard. Uh, who? Oh, yeah. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm getting some shade from Richard Avalar on the chat here. Oh, what, what have you been drinking? drinking, Howard? Actually, I've been just drinking uh, Fiji water. Uh, nothing exciting, uh, Richard. Why the layoff? I don't, Richard, it was just a general layoff from two to three. He just wanted to give the horse more time. Paul, I don't think that's a big deal at all. The fact that they laid him off from two to three, not a big deal there. Um, Steve is always very high in this horse. I, My only concern with Extra Anejo is going two turns. I wish he had two turn experience. If that last race, was a two a true two turn race? I would love, 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 love extra Nejo. I'm a little concerned that he hasn't been two turns, but I I don't think there's almost any negatives with this horse. the 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 race that he lost, by the way, Paul, was the first race of the of the uh, Kentucky Derby Day card, and he didn't break great. He got shuffled back. He lost to Federal Judge and Deer District, who are both really nice horses. So I don't think there's anything to knock with extra Nejo. He's just got to get the trip. That's pretty much how I see it. Any other yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, we yeah, have to look up Mage. Mage and Tapatrice. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, but uh, that, just one more thing on external. I would say there was probably something going on because you know you pay one point three five million. Yeah. The horse, the horse yeah. breaks his maiden by nine and a half. You think in Derby, right? So the fact Fair that enough. he didn't Fair run enough. until Derby Day, but that doesn't. The layoff means exactly zero come this Saturday. Right, he's run twice, you know. Right. So, if right. if you were worried about the layoff, you worried about it in the first race, and the horse got beat at six to five. So we go to Mage. Go ahead, Paul. How good? How would? How good is Mage? Why don't we ask people in the chat? 
How good is Mage, everyone? Is he uh, the only you, the, the only the best three year old out there right now? Is where do you put Nate? How good is Mage? I don't he know. could be, but in you know, there's just too many times where the Derby is a one off, as we call it. I'm not saying that's the case. This horse ran extremely well. We were there. We saw it. Two fills came back. It looked great. Unfortunately, had the injury. You know, uh, Forte didn't get to run. That's been well documented. You know, National Treasure came back and and won the the Preakness. Oh no, National Treasure wasn't in the Derby. What am I talking about? Paul oh, above uh, average. Back to the, back, back above to the average in the chat. So so from the Christine race. Yeah. Above average, not, people are a little bit down on Mage. Well, like. again, I, I just think, you know, again, you if they had the voting for three-year-old champ right now, he might win because the Derby's the most important race. You know, I get it. Um, but there's a lot of racing to be had. You know, the two-week turnaround, I think, got him in the Preakness. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. think they would have been a million years ever run this loss on two weeks rest, but you got to if you win the Derby. And the face um, complexion, Paul, of that race. Howard, in big races like this, not so much them talking about it as a prep race. I really like to see a plan and a plan executed. I'm not a fan of let's decide on Tuesday that we're going to run in a grade one on Saturday. I'm really not. And he can win. Um, I'm certainly going to try to beat him. Uh, I hope he takes a lot of money. I think he will take money just because of the Derby win. And, uh, you know, we'll see him at Saratoga and the Travis. Uh, as far as that guy, Tapa Trice, uh, you know, remember, he ran third, but he did get picked up in the Belmont. I know because I had a, a rather large exacto with him second and Forte did nail him on the wire. I'm pretty, yeah. pretty sure I saw that one. I, I didn't see it coming, but I saw it. Um, yeah. Well, well, how good is he? That, that That's also, a, you could ask the same question about him, right? You can. Um, by the way, Arabian night, five to two. No, he's going to be seven to five, Paul. Arabian night is going to take a ton yeah. of money. And I think, I think mage is who's second choice major extra Neho. I'm serious about that. Probably Mage, uh, Mage. right? So Mage. Tapatrice as fourth choice. And uh, Mage and Tapatrice are both three to one on the morning line. No, I know, but that, but uh, Raven Knight's going to be seven to five. I think Mage is going to be five to two. Uh, Astro Neho, I'd say about seven to two. Tapatrice is going to be six to one. There's no way. Tapatrice, I agree. He'll be no the way. one that drifts. He'll be and the one Rocket that drifts. Rocket going to take money. I mean, someone's got to drift, right? Yeah, well, go rocket ride. You know, he may he may be right at that nine to two, four to one, five to one. Um, you know, and my guy salute the stars might be ten to one, Howard. I think so he will get double digits. If my course. clever opinion in the unlikely event, my clever opinion is right, I'll get paid. I'm I'm using uh, what I know. We got to move on here. I'm using six horses, Paul. I, I think a lot of horses can win. I'm using your horse also. I'm going extra Anejo. I'm going with a fresh face here. I just not sold on some others. And Arabian Knight might win for fun, but he's gonna have to show it to me on Saturday. Let's go to race. Howard, uh, Richard Al Richard Alvala brings up yeah. a good point in the chat. Uh the the by running mage here, they they don't force Javier Castellano to make the decision yet. Because if they ran mage next weekend, uh 
they is Ark Angelo go, going in the gym, Danny? Do we know? Or we, I don't. We think, don't, know I don't think so. I think they're waiting on the Travers. But anyway, Javi is going to have to pick presumably at some point. I wouldn't be positive. I would pick Archangelo. I'm not going to be positive about this. Remember, there is the connection, uh, the connection with the connections, you know. So uh, we'll see on that one. Well, we, we've got two more races to talk about, so don't go anywhere, people. Real quick, though, I think this is an interesting question, though, in the comment from Singh. Singh, thanks for joining the show. I believe the owners and trainer is playing possum with Mage. He had three great workouts coming to this race. Is that is it possible that's just uh, trainers talking? This horse is really well, cranked up and ready but, to go. I I don't know about that thing. I don't know about this time. You could be right and, though. And I, are they are they great workouts? He's he, he worked out. He's he's one thirteen yeah. for six furlong. He's working alone. I mean, if you um, get a bullet workout out of yeah. you know the three back five furlongs in a minute and three is is legit. You know, one thirteen and four for six furlongs working alone. Is that's is yep. that a quote great workout? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh let's quickly talk about the last two races because this is the penultimate leg of the pick five. We're assuming it's gonna be on turf. It's an allowance race for Philly and Mares. It's a field of nine. Moyline favorite is the number nine, four ten Neno for Clement and Rosario. We are both going number seven, Cecile for Schultz and Castillo, what do you like about Cecile, other than I love that name? I liked the last race. I didn't love the ride. I liked the race. I think Castillo will be way, will be way more aggressive than Julian. Um, I, I think the horse is on the end. I think Lagoria is a, is a good to very good horse, the horse that uh, beat her. Um, the horse has been uh, – training at Monmouth for since that uh, actually since before the last race, this horse was training at Monmouth yeah. uh, prior to uh, actually shipped up to Belmont for the race. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's some things to like, you know, three to, I, I don't really want a lot lower than three to one, but uh, I was torn between the seven and nine and, and, and gave the edge to the seven. I agree. I like the seven and nine. We also have the four and the five mixed in there. The five is white lilacs for Pino and Paco Lopez. will show some speed, but there is a decent amount of speed. I'm going with the uh, Claudio Gonzalez four, who's a closer. But I think pretty safe to say seven, nine, at least in our opinion, will get you through this allowance race. Of course, if it's off the turf, that's going to change everything. Uh, check for scratches and changes. But again, if Paul's correct and it stops raining by late afternoon Friday, they should be fine for the whole card Saturday on the turf in New Jersey. We'll just have to wait and see. The last race of the day, I think this is a really interesting one, Paul. I like this race quite a bit, actually. Um, and it's a maiden special weight on the dirt. Three-year-olds and up, mile and a 70. Here's our picks on the bottom of the screen, ladies and gentlemen. This is a really interesting race. The Moorline favorite, uh, named after I would guarantee is after Michael Phelps, so you would think so, is Phelpsy for Chad Brown and Joel Rosario. Chad's actually got another one in this race, the number five leading contender. I thought this race was a little bit tricky, Paul. As you can see, I'm going five, seven, three. Uh, my second choice is your top choice, Penzance for Stidham and Gaff Leone. I am very interested in this horse also. Yeah. My- this horse to me, how it looks like a horse is going to take a 
a fairly significant step forward in start number two. I think totally he agree. got a lot. I I'll think he got a play. lot. Go ahead. Yeah, I think he got a lot out of that start. He he was bet. Uh, he was he was last early, which is really not where you want to be at moment. He's the three here, I believe, Howard. Yes. He also uh, looks like he's got a big stride, Paul. Like this horse looks like he definitely wants two turns. I, yeah, I agree. And you can see he's, he's last right away and he just doesn't, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly in touch with the field, but right now he starts to lose touch with the field. Not that he's a mile behind, but, uh, I don't know. I I just think that, uh, at this point, this is an education for this horse. Yeah. And and the fact they kept him inside, you know what I mean? This is, uh, education mode for this horse. Although he is going to come running. Um, he certainly, uh, you know, he is going to make a late move. Uh, he's going to pass, I think, uh, two. He's going to, there's five in front of him. Yeah, he's going to pass two. He finishes fourth. Um, Paul, Paul, also need to watch. He, he, he lugs in. He's just very goofy. I'm going to let it run all the way through, but Watch carefully. He's lugging in. He, he's green. He looks like he has no idea what he's doing, Paul. And when he finally sort of straightens out, this gallop out is insane. I don't know if you saw the gallop out. Well, I don't have to. I know you're always going to talk about the gallop out, so I just leave that to you. Well, for good reason. Did you see it, Paul? <laughs> look look yeah, right here. Okay, look at the yeah. distance here, right? Look at the distance. What is this? I'd say I'd call that three and a half, right? Maybe four. Lights yeah, right I'd here. say three, three and a half is good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now just keep watching because it's not that far past the wire, and watch it, everyone. Watch it. Come on, camera. This is, by the way, a horrible camera job. What are you? What are we doing here? Uh, look at the rain. <sighs> are you serious? What? Yeah, He's he wants to go. By standing up. I mean, this is silly. It, yeah, again, he, he wants to go. He wants to go around again. Howard. Yeah. And and I I think Howard, it's a combination. Not only um, do I like the fact that he's getting more distance, I don't think he's going to be that far out of touch with the field in his second start. Yeah. Um, but you know, Uncle Mo out of a Bernardini mare. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not hard to not hard to think that. Uh, and Blink is on, and that's part of my thinking where. He is not going to be back. There's just a lot of things that pointing to him taking a step forward. So that's what I I'm almost put with. this horse on top again, Paul. I'm going to put us both on. We're not. We'll go back to the PBs just for one more minute. You have to watch these races carefully, and you have to watch gallop outs. I'm not saying every gallop out is the same, and I'm not going to go on an hour diatribe about gallop outs. But Paul, even an amateur handicapper can see. The three had a lot more energy and wanted to go further. The jockey is standing up literally and blowing by the leader, making up four lengths within half a furlong after the wire. That has to mean something, especially based on the breeding. So, again, maybe he's not going to win, but that is a perfect example of a horse to me that wants extra distance. And the other horse that I think is interesting is leading contender, who has not raced since first-time gelding gunrunner for Chad for, and Klarevich is not raced since last year, Saratoga, but faced a monster and express man. If you remember that main breaker, Paul, an express man was one of the most impressive main breakers of the entire meet last year. He did no running. I get it. He's been working in Monmouth. 
He's going to be a much better horse now. He's gelded. This is not like the strongest field in the world. And my general feeling is I don't love horses like the number three, who are 0 for 13, or the number one, who's like 0 for 4. I'm looking for, you know, fresh faces, horses that have not run as much, which is exactly why I'm going, you know, four, three, four, five, seven, and I'm not using the one. I'm only using the three defensively, although you do have the three second. Yes, uh, and and I get you. My only concern about the five is he took virtually no money in his Saratoga debut. Yeah, and Chad Brown and Rosario and a Klarovich horse. He was ice cold on the board. Um, but I will say this: horses out of that race, Howard, uh, none have won, but three have won, run second. One has run third, although. Most of them, the buyers stayed about the same or went down. If you you can take a look at that, but yeah, uh, this field was for a two year old for the for a two year old race. This was a serious field. I mean, this was yeah. a really good field, Paul. I understand you didn't do a lot of running, and your points are very well taken. Yeah. I oh, no, I'm our, using them. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm yeah. using. You want to talk about the three real quick, and then we'll show our picks, Paul. You know what, Howard? The three is an zero for thirteen maiden. I. I think there's an outside chance that he wires this field. Okay. Again, not not saying it's probable. I think it's possible. Although when I saw three to one, um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think a horse like this is going to be three to one or five to two in the pick five because of all the seconds and thirds and um, you know again. 13 chances. This is the type of horse I typically don't play. I even, you know, the horses we like, you know, I just think there's a chance this, I'm pretty sure the threes go in the lead. And I think there's at least a chance. He just leads them all the way around, uh, depending on how the track is playing. It's possible. But again, for me, I'll speak for myself, Paul, if I have a choice between over 13 and over one or two or three, it's oh, no brainer. No it's absolute no, no brainer doubt. for me. I mean, so the three is like a C for me at best. If he wins, he just wins. You know, so that I it's I also don't like four year olds who haven't broken their maiden at this time of year. Now I know the five is a four year old. I think the seven's a three year old. Is that let me look again? Yeah. Yes. Penzance is a three year old. So I don't like four year olds who have not broken their maiden yet at this time of the year, Paul. It's the middle of the summer, their four year old year. I mean, if they can't do it now. When the hell are they going to do it? I just, it's just an angle I don't like either. Um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's a great sequence. Let's look at our pick five uh, tickets, Paul. Uh, again, Pete Visco is on vacation this uh, weekend. So I hope uh, Pete's having a great time uh, on vacation. Here's uh, Paul's pick five ticket for the late pick five on Haskell day, which is the last five races of the card. Paul's going four, five, six with three, nine, with one three eight, with five seven nine, with three four seven, no singles, eighty one dollars, Paul. Didn't I have five six seven nine in that fourth leg? No, uh, six, it's possible. Five. I can go check my old email. Yeah, the fourth leg, I have. Should this? Uh, yeah. Let me check that. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, you did not not based on what you sent me. You had five oh, seven nine, but I. Oh yeah, I did. No, I changed it. No, no, I no. You're right. I I I. Uh, I added a horse. I added the one in the third leg, and took out the six in the in the fourth leg. So uh, 
I added go rocket ride. That's I, I was three eight in that leg, and uh, I, I didn't. I want to have go rocket ride on the ticket, okay. so that that explains that. Yeah, I don't have any strong opinion. I think you mentioned it when we talked about the race. I think we agree the second leg is a race you maybe can get by with two. Uh, that three nine uh, catnip and uh, uh, red knight. Yeah, I think. Uh, but even then, that's a ten horse field. Um, yeah, and I don't have the one in the last race either. So no disrespect to our swimming brethren. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, I don't. I, you know, I don't see what other than the fact that it's Chad Brown. Um, this horse has really done very little running in New York. He hasn't been bet. Uh, his profile is against typically what you want at uh, Monmouth. Um, you know, I, I guess in an ABC, it'd be on a B or a C, but I, I uh, on a caveman, I, I'm, I'm happy to try to beat him. Okay. Uh, let's show, did I single anyone, Paul, in my pick five? What do you think? Oh, boy. I would. Uh... Put it in the chat. Did Howard single anyone in his late pick five ticket? And if he did, whom? Question. I'm going to say no unless you think you're really extra clever this week. Uh, you would be – well, let's wait for people in the chat. Let's see if we've got comments in the chat here. Simon uh, O'Neill is single. Simon is saying O'Neil. I singled extra Anejo. Oh, sorry, he's singling. Sorry, he's going to single extra Anejo. Simon, good luck. Uh, Jim Pilares is saying no, I didn't single anyone. Simon said yes, I did single someone. Richard Avalar is saying no. I did not single anyone. Here it is. The answer to that question is the New York bread. I singled Red Knight. Bam! I went three, four, five, six with nine, with four, five, seven, eight, with four, seven, nine, with three, four, five, seven. It's a $96 ticket. Um, Paul, I'm going to tell everyone out there I'm not real confident with this ticket. It's no shade on Red Knight, uh, but I just had to single somewhere, and I I didn't have to single somewhere, but I chose to single somewhere. I think the last race is tough. I don't have a strong feel for the Haskell. I don't even have the three in there, but I'm using your three uh, salute the stars defensively in the Haskell. I think the first leg is tricky. I don't like you know. So anyway, I I think it's a tough sequence, and uh, I'm using. Planetario, and I'm using catnip, etc. But in a caveman ticket, there's my ticket. I think Red Knight is really good, and I hope he wins. And I don't know how low he's going to be, but uh, it's not going to be easy. But that's what I'm going with. Paul, uh, it's been a great show tonight. Uh, we again, Jim Miller is not here. We had a lot of people watching and listening. We really thank everyone out there. Uh, quick reminders to everyone, Paul, as I bring up the uh, main banner here right now. Uh, Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Saratoga, today, 10.30 in the morning right here. Paul, the viewership has been awesome, and I want to let everyone know out there, we're going to have different people hosting and different people co-hosting. I'm not going to tell you who's going to be with us tomorrow. You're just going to have to check it out. But, again, we want to bring everyone in the podcast involved into our Saratoga Today shows in the morning. Paul, I think we could safely say we'll be you and I Saturday morning. Uh, so people can look forward to yes. that for Saturday. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get going uh, on that card. Actually, I've really not done anything on that card yet. Okay. So that's what I'll be doing uh, later on today. 
Well, the Saratoga Today Morning Show has been extremely successful already. Please tell everyone about it. Again, it's about a 30 to 40 minute show Saturday morning, sorry, at 10.30 Eastern. Paul, final thoughts on Haskell Day. Let me ask you a question, Paul Dandit, our conversation about the Haskell. Will the winner of the Haskell run in the Travers? And if the winner of the Haskell runs in the Travers, will they finish in the top three? Keeping in mind, you've got, what, Forte, Archangelo, uh, blah, blah, blah. Will the winner of anyone in this race, whoever wins, will they finish in the top three of the Haskell? Tough question. Or excuse me. I would, the, say, I, I would say there's a, a good chance the winner will run, okay. right? Because if you win this race, you know, you're, what, how many weeks? Uh, two, five weeks out to the, you know, the biggest three-year-old race of the summer. Uh, will they – Finish in the top three. That's a much better question. <laughs> I'm going to say if my horse wins, probably not. Uh, um, you know, a horse like Tapa Trice, probably. Yeah. I'm going to say yes and no to those two questions. Wait a minute. Well, you can't ride the fence, Paul. How no, yes can... to the first oh, question. Oh, I'm sorry. Got it. And then no. No, I never, never ride the fence. I got it. I, I agree. I don't think the winner of the Haskell is going to be in the top three of the drivers. I just I don't know. I, I think you. But it's a good race, meeting. though. You know what? As you 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 talked very well about it the other night, and and I think that's probably why Matt picked up on it. Hey, look, it's a Grade One race. It's got a lot of tradition, and it's a very competitive race. Um, you know, it's it's not this uh, you know five horse field with a one to five shot that everyone complains about, and. The fact that the Baffert horse is eight, five to two morning line, and you and I both think he'll be lower, Howard. But the fa- even the fact that the lines maker didn't go lower than that, you know, th- there are questions. You know, it's it's not, you know, it's not a, a slam dunk. So uh, I think it's a very good race. I'm very much looking forward to to watching it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, and then we'll see who who goes on after that. And you know, we, remember we have the Jim Dandy coming up next weekend at Saratoga, which is the other. Uh, that is an act. That is an actual prep for the Travis. That is a sure prep in name and indeed. And, and uh, yours truly will be on an airplane a week from Saturday, a landing just before the uh, card starts, in hopes of seeing one of my uh, Delphi horses run. I'm very excited. I think I'll close off by saying this on the show. I think Arabian Night Paul is one of the most fascinating horses to run in any race of the entire year so far. I, I, I'm not rooting for or against Arabian Night. I am just absolutely fascinated to see what this horse does. But he, he could be anything, or he could disappoint at six to five. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, for my great co host, Paul Howard, and this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 278 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Crush your bets at Monmouth Park this Saturday, and we'll see you tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, and Sunday morning on Saratoga Today. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.
Sports. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. 